This is a production of Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. With Tennessee recruiting, is maybe the second hottest thing on the hill other than Tennessee baseball. And we're going to talk about football recruiting with Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Be the smartest at your water cooler or your virtual meeting or whatever we do nowadays because Chris Landry has the insight that only a former NFL scout and former coach in college football can give you. And it's awesome. It's affordable. I would certainly check it out. And so I want to get to college football recruiting as it pertains to Tennessee because they are red hot. First, remind you that this Chalk Talk brought to you by Craft Treats. Again, Craft Treats has the full spectrum uh, CBD treats so that they can take care of your pet's anxiety. We had some of that with the storm recently or the pain. Uh, and they also have uh, those uh, type of treats that will help with your arthritis as well. It's really the right thing to do, frankly, to help your pet. and. Uh, help it feel better. Uh, my dog takes it, has a little bit of trouble getting up on the bed nowadays. And they've got the farm to treats as well. A great choice for dogs who eat raw, eat raw, hungry and howling. The perfect treats for picky dogs. They're awesome. So you've got to check it out. All right, Chris. So Tennessee, is it fair to say, is one of the hottest teams, not only in maybe the SEC, but the nation and in recruiting they look that way from a far east well they they are look i mean right now it's it's may and this is a discussion for december but we can't forward to that point uh it's a top 10 recruiting class that they've got going and i I think what's impressing me right now is the progress they're making on big guys up front defensively uh they had the visit from uh, platte city uh missouri uh five-star edge rusher um chandavian bradley is he had a great visit, and he said that no one has recruited him harder than Mike Eckler with the Vols, and and I doesn't he's looking at other schools. He's going to have big time offers. I'm not predicting he's going to Tennessee. I know that right now, a lot of people in coaching feel like Tennessee's in really good shape with them. Um, so we'll see where it goes, and and if Tennessee's going to be that type of program that that's going to take that step and going to maybe do some things defensively. Um, we're going to have, you're going to have to have guys like that. And, you know, they've had uh, James Pierce and Joshua Joseph with the 2020 cycle and uh, Caleb Herring, Nathan Robinson in the fold this cycle. These are the type of guys that can make a difference. If you look at the elite programs in the country, in the SEC, which is one in the same, the difference is usually the volume the quantity and the quality combination of big guys up front defensively. It's what separates the programs. All really good programs have those players. The great ones have them in numbers. It's what Georgia's done. Quite frankly, it's what Alabama has done through their run. It's what made Clemson a power. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's what's make the few, very few programs, Ohio State, that are truly national contenders, you know, better than just good teams. And so for Tennessee, we've talked about to be good, well, they're there. To go eight games, eight wins, nine wins, go to a nice bowl game, they're kind of, they're in that area. Exciting offense, they're there. But is Tennessee going to be the Oklahoma 
of the SEC, and I mean Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley, where they were really good, good enough to win the Big 12, and you know, but not be all that competitive, relatively speaking, on a national stage. Well, again, that's if Tennessee's going to be that, then they're never going to going to bust and become elite and probably challenge truly Georgia in winning the East. I'm not talking about in an individual game, but winning the East. If they're able to put together big numbers and they're able to complement their offense with the defense, then you could see them take a step to where they can be with Georgia's. I know that's Florida's plan, and Florida's you know DNA is going to be built around more like what Georgia and Alabama tries to do. I am very curious to see what Tennessee does under Josh and getting these type of players. And numbers is the key for them being better than just a good, exciting program that their fans could get excited about short term, but maybe – you know, are they going to be good enough to be national and, and SEC championship contenders? Most, not all, but most of the great classes that I have seen have been led by a quarterback, generally a quarterback who has been kind of that ringleader. Tennessee has a guy and a five-star, maybe a generational type of signee eventually, Nico uh, Emilueva, and I'm just curious how much he is contributing to the cause of Tennessee's upcoming signing class. Well, I think he's, you know, one of those guys that sends a signal in this recruiting industry among the players that says, yeah, we got to go check out what's going on at Tennessee. You know, he's one of those guys that says, wow, he's going there. That must be something there. And I think that's this weekend, this past weekend, Memorial Day weekend, was a big one for Tennessee. I mean, obviously finish off a great baseball season. And the recruiting weekend was one of the best guys that have committed, several of them have already committed. But it also brings about some of these other guys that they're really uh, targeting. I think it's bringing a lot of what's going on. We all know that if you've been to – to Knoxville, the, the the setting is great. It's a unique place. The the key in recruiting, I found, is you got to get people on campus. You got to get them excited about what you're doing. And to get a player of that ilk at that position, that is no doubt buoyed by the fact that hey, that offense, they're going to throw it a ton, you know. So you get the quarterback there. Now again, if you're going to get championship level, you got to do more than that. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the quarterback. They're trying to continue to put personnel around them, and they're trying to do just more than that, not just say, well, got the quarterback. We're going to be fun. Come watch us. It's going to be exciting. And then uh, watch us go eight and four, nine and three. They're trying to build a team, I think, that can do better than that on a consistent basis. How much is Tennessee benefiting from the NIL? That's my next question for Chris. First, I remind you, it's brought to you by Craft Treats. Click on the link and you can get 15% off. Just click on the link that you'll see attached right here. 15% off to make your pet more comfortable. No need to suffer from anxiety or pain or arthritis or even hair loss. That is what absolutely no question craft treats can help with. And their CBD products are fantastic for your pet. So uh, along those lines. Tennessee has a collective group in 
Knoxville. Um, I know that the athletic department is not supposed to communicate with such troops, and I'm sure they don't. But anyway, as far as utilizing the NFL to their benefit, either directly or indirectly, how would you rank Tennessee among the other SEC teams as far as utilizing NIL? Because, Chris, that could change as far as promises of NIL. I don't know how they're going to change it, but I know some people would like to. So how's Tennessee doing? Well, they're doing it differently than, say, Ole Miss and Arkansas, two schools that are not going to be in the mix for a lot of five-star, high-level high four-stars. So they're going to recruit in bigger numbers. In fact, I've got a piece out on Landry football, but a list of teams around the country that have improved their roster from the end of the season to now – as much as any, not necessarily going to be the best teams in the country or, the, or surprising teams, but like in, in Ole Miss's Arkansas are two of them because they lost a lot, but they're not in a position to get as many of those four and five stars in recruiting. So they're going to have to go in numbers, get a lot of guys in the transfer portal. What it appears to me with Tennessee, they're going to be at least to this point, a little more judicious with who they go after. I don't think they're trying to get a whole lot of guys in the transfer portal in terms of numbers. I think they're trying to build the foundation, recruiting foundation, so that they can sustain. I, I think if you're going to be a true power, you still have to recruit well, develop well, and try to keep those guys in, and then go out and add a few two, three, four free agents every year that are big-time players that maybe can fill a need maybe you just haven't quite recruited as well on the offensive line. You need a starter. I mean, it's what Alabama's doing. That appears to me what Tennessee is doing. Now, to grade them how they're doing it, it really depends on how you got to combine it with recruiting and keeping guys and developing guys. We all know we had a mass exodus at Tennessee a couple of years ago. Right now they're doing it in a little bit more of a trying to build a foundation. So, I think they're doing okay. It's just the fans are probably not happy because they're not happy with the numbers because that's not what they're doing. They don't want to go out and just build a bunch of short-term fixes. I think they're trying to trying to build a solid foundation and build roots, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. So that answer is how they're doing to be determined based upon how it, it, it coincides and parallels their recruiting efforts and development. Does it surprise you at all that Wayne Kiffin has been outspoken about NIL? And what do you think is his underlying motivation? I have an idea, but I'm sure you do too. It's very simple. Ole Miss doesn't have the money that the Tennessees have, the Alabamas have, the Georgias have, the LSU have. They don't have the Florida. They don't have it. You know, look at what. Florida's doing with their collective, Tennessee. You know, Nick Saban's talked about it. You know, the, the, let's go back to the, the whole calling out A&M, you know. You know, it's because that was his message, maybe poorly worded, but it was a way of saying, hey, yeah, we have, we've had the number one recruiting classes, but you know what? Somebody else got it, and here's how they got it. And I don't think it's going to be sustainable, is what he said. That's messages, let me translate. Uh, pony up the money if you want to have if you like winning and you like having great 
you know, <laughs> players and championships. It's the, the game has changed, spend more money. That was his message. Lane's is it, it's the same reason why God bless him. He tried to get the LSU job. He tried to get the Florida job. He tried to get the Miami job. He tried to get the Oregon job because he knows that Ole Miss, and let's give him credit, he's doing at Ole Miss what he has to do, transfer portal, build it. At Ole Miss, they're going to be, you know, tickled as punch to go and win eight, nine games a year. Phenomenal. you got to schedule the right way, and you got to get the right guys. But it's a hit or miss with the transfer portal, Dave, because it's yeah. just it's trying to plug it in. He has made these outspoken statements because he's not at the have program. He's at a have not. So he can't go and compete with them. Well, he's getting a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Yes, but he's not. It's not sustainable for him to go and get the guys in recruiting because he's at Ole Miss, which is a really good program and a great place and a great place to go to school. But they're not going to be competitive in the NIL. You know, Arkansas is in a position to do more with the Tyson chicken money and the Walmart money. They don't really do it as much, but we'll see what they do. But that's kind of not – that's not what they're planning right now. So those programs is what I'm saying is they're going to have to be successful winning their big games here or there, but they're not going to compete for conference division titles in the SEC in the – you know, in the West, in those cases, because they don't have it. That's why he's he's speaking out, and he's going to speak out until he can get a job at one of those places that can spend money. And you know, that's that's the reason that, that I read into it, uh, and then and what I understand what's behind those very vitriolic statements. And A and M has been the one that is clearly. The program that has not been a power, that's never been a power, but it's been good. But they, they're they the one that people are watching. And it may collapse. It may work, Dave. It may not. But the one thing A&M's got is they got money. They got a collective that's as good as anybody. In fact, they've been ahead of the curve on how they've done it. And it's probably rankled folks because it who the heck are you? You're not the team that's gone to the playoffs every year. You're not a national power. But they're saying we want to be and we're willing to spend the money. And so, obviously, that, that rankles people that are not them. Yep. Uh, he's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Again, Craft Treats. You have got to click on the link that is attached. Get 15% off and your pet will be healthier and happier. It's that simple craft treats this has been chalk talk with chris landry at landryfootball.com great website for football information a presentation of off the hook sports